Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, let's do the countdown. Yep. You ready? Yep. I'll start from 10 and then we do banana on the zero. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Ready? Yeah. Yep. 10, 9, 9 8, 8, 7, 7 6, 6, 5, 4, 3, 3 2, 1, banana. <laughs> All right. Okay. Good start. Yeah. <laughs> I just thought I'd ask that again for the tenth time. You know, you might Alan have gone Walker. away. What? Oh, sorry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you ruined it. <laughs> it's okay. Was this the best start of the podcast ever? Yeah, never get that back. No, never. Welcome to Game the System Podcast, episode 63, a podcast about the people that play retro, arcade, modern, pinball, and everything in between. It's Saturday, the 11th of April, 2020, and my name is Mark Bell. My name's John. My name's Matt. Wow, that was a big delay. What were you guys doing? Because <laughs> um, I didn't hear your last name. It must have like just cut out for a second. Yeah. I, oh, really? I just heard, my name's Mark. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that would be unusual. It, uh, it put me off. Well, we are doing something different tonight. We're um, recording remotely. Mm. We've never done this before. Yeah. We've always been in the same room. I know. Staring at p- each other's faces. Um, <laughs> yeah, so we're not doing that this time. We're recording remotely. Um, due to, you know, COVID-19 slash coronavirus social distancing thing, Mm. we're doing the right thing and staying away from each other. We're adapting. Mm. As a species. (laughs) Cool. Um, yeah, so I'm sitting in my game room. Um, Mm -hmm. I've always wanted to record a podcast in my game room, but it's never been practical um, with the three of us, because there isn't room for three of us to sit down at a table in my game room. Mm. But there's plenty of room for me, so <laughs> yeah, that works out pretty well. Mm. How are you guys? Good. Okay. <laughs> Which we established um, is good last time. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yep. That's correct. And uh, where are you guys recording from? Am I, should I go first? <laughs> <laughs> We've just realised this is really awkward. I I, uh, I don't want to be like always the one to jump in there and go first, but then Matt never does, so... Yeah, maybe that's the rule. <laughs> so just assume. It's like yeah. I have yeah. no choice. Um, See, this is, this is the thing we're going to have, I guess. We're, we're going to have to try and get used to this and, and um, build the rules as we go along because <laughs> usually we're staring at each other's faces. Mm. Um. I'm in my garage, which is also my game room. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not many games in here, though, compared to normal, though, because um, all my games are in in our arcade at work, or well, most of them, anyway. Uh. But I do have an Elvira pinball machine now that hmm. arrived this afternoon. 
I did see that picture you posted in the Discord and was a little surprised. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, uh, because a lot of the operators in the area, which I'm sure in a lot of areas operators are doing this, uh, like a monthly hire type situation. Um, yeah. And it's... Uh, basically, I guess it's just to cover their costs. Um, so it's it's pretty much the price of what what it would cost you for the weekend, I think, and you get it for a whole whole month. So it's pretty cool. Um, hmm. Yeah, and my boss was nice enough to cover that for me, and he's getting one too at his place. Oh um, wow! Yeah. So um, what, what's he getting? Uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Ugh. The JJP one. Huh? Oh, okay, that's better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not the not the Stern one. <laughs> yeah, the Stern one's rubbish. <laughs> I was I... going to say, what's he doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, the these ones were both at in Penrith at the Tattershall Hotel. I think we've talked about it before. Hmm. Um, Lindsay from Austro Joy operates yep. there, and good uh, friend Lindsay. Yeah. His games are always in really great condition, and yeah, so saw him this afternoon. But it's got a weird problem. It's um, there's a, an opto problem under the staircase ramp, the middle ramp. Right. Yeah, I I'm not I don't like fully understand it, but basically, it seems to think that there's a ball there all the time. Um. Hmm. But then when there is a ball there, it doesn't sometimes it doesn't shoot it out. I don't know, it's confusing for me. Like I don't really fully understand it. But anyway, the result is that sometimes the ball gets stuck in there and there's nothing you can do about it, which is pretty annoying. But uh he said he knows about it and he was needs a part from AMD, who are the stern suppliers hmm. here, and uh he's gonna come back and fix it up once he's got that part. Which shouldn't be too long, but anyway, yeah. yeah okay, that's a- interesting because I I follow the pin side thread for Elvira because obviously you know I also have one, so I haven't seen any other person having that problem. I mean, there's mm. there's a number of other issues that have propped up, and yep. and most of them are shared amongst all the owners. Yeah. Um, but that one I've never heard of before. Yeah, I don't think it is necessarily a design flaw specifically the impression i got from what he said was just that the opto itself um maybe the part itself is not that reliable and so Hmm. maybe you get like 20 percent failure rate or something and so it's not necessarily a common issue um Hmm. but um it it does happen you know and just hmm. unlucky that it's happened on this one. So, yeah. Because yeah. he said that they changed the way the optos work. Instead of going back to like an opto board, each each one has its own little control board apparently. Right. Yeah. I, I don't know really what that has to do with it. But, yeah, he, t- he said a lot of things. I understood about half of them and <laughs> I just trust him to fix it up. <laughs> Yeah, probably the the readers don't know what an opto is. An opto mm. is a um, 
how would you describe it? It's a beam of light, basically. Mm. So it's a beam of light that goes from one... Um, there's like the sender and then the receiver. So mm-hmm. it goes from the sender yep. to the receiver. It's one constant beam of light. And then when the ball passes through it, it breaks that beam of light and the game goes, oh, so the ball's passed through. There's again. a thing there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's what an opto is. And yeah, I don't... I'm a bit... I'm a bit half and half on optos. I, mm. I think the technology's cool, but in a pinball machine, I... I just don't think they're as reliable as other things because pinball machines shake and move and rattle and mm. and when you've got these opto beams of lights going through small pinholes of metal, mm-hmm. um, they just go out of alignment. So mm. I'm not sure about the 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 validity of you know mm. using optos in some of these new games and yeah. and Elvira in particular uses shitloads of them they're all over yeah. the place surely there's a solution to that though because optos should be the best solution for pinnies like what what you mentioned about things moving around because optos are solid state it's an led and photodiode they they don't doesn't care that they move like they don't break they don't break in any way through being chook around mm. that's only um, this pinhole problem you're talking about i guess yeah, that's what I'm really talking about. So a lot of the optos, they're placed in such a way that they're shining that light through tiny little circles cut out of metal, say brackets or ramps or whatever. Um, but if they were, I don't know, done in a better way where the opto has that room to move around a little bit, then yeah, I suppose it'd be fine. Mm. But Baker Snark MDW in the chat saying optos are actually pretty good, and he's a professional pinball tech, so he'd know more than me. So we'll <laughs> leave the conversation there. <laughs> mm. Are you running current code, John? Um, I actually don't know. I need to look that up because I was thinking I should. He said he was going to come back probably Tuesday, and I mm-hmm. thought I might just download the code if. It's not current, and then maybe I can get him to chuck it on when he comes. Um, I get the feeling that there's a lot of diehard players that go to Tattersall's, so I'm sure he updates stuff ASAP, but I I don't know when the latest release was. Do you know when the last Uh, code came out? About a week ago. Okay, so if it's that recent, then maybe not. (laughs) Right. Yeah, because I guess the... The place wouldn't have been open. Um, yeah, mm. yeah. I'll, I might download it and try and chuck it on a USB so mm. it'd be easy to do. Do you lose all the scores when you update the code still? It depends what the code update is. Okay. Sometimes the code uh, includes significant rule changes to a certain mode so they'll um, so they'll wipe the scores on that mode. Um, right. I know there was a couple of releases ago where it wiped everything, including system settings, and that okay. must have been because they added certain things that you know was um, critical to all that sort of functional stuff. Yeah. But generally, it keeps every single setting. So that was the only one that I'd seen a couple of um, updates ago that wiped everything. Everything since then. Um, actually, now that I'm saying that, the most recent code update 
wipe the scores off two of the leaderboards for two of the modes because those two modes the rules change significantly okay so what's the mode that you said uh or seem to think would be exciting or that i should have uh gappa angry okay <laughs> yeah i mean that would probably doesn't mean anything to you until you get there uh but it's it's like a mini wizard mode yeah um it's the big white insert light in the center of the playfield, so it kind of looks like the the thing you should be going for. Okay. Um, and yeah, that that mode is just absolutely amazing. It it um it sort of guides you to lock five physical balls on the playfield. Yep. And so yeah, just locking five balls like physically locking five balls on the playfield mm -hmm. is just absolutely amazing I, i've never seen anything like that mm -hmm. in a be more machine before yep to so have five different places to lock a ball yep that's a cool idea hmm. yeah i've been i was really enjoying all the shots and stuff tonight it's weird i, I played it um when we had like a launch party for it in penrith uh when when it first came out and some of the shots I was finding really difficult to hit, but when I've had it here this afternoon, um, I was not finding it too hard and just really enjoying hitting all the different shots and figuring out which ones I could backhand and that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah. yeah, the shots are really good on that game. Yeah, so where are you, Matt? Where are you recording from? I'm in my home, my... Somewhat, I mean, is it's now my home office because like working from home. Yeah. But it's my living room. It's kind of the dining area in my unit, but I don't have a dining table or anything. It's just where I put my desk and my computer. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know, the comp, the work area. I got console. I got an Atari here, and my CRTs behind me, and mm. various junks. Yeah. So, yes, we are recording remotely as we're, as we're needing to do, as we're supposed to do, um, and that's because of the whole coronavirus slash COVID-19 thing that's happening at the moment. Um, obviously, it's, it's horrible. It's mm. affecting people's lives in all sorts of ways. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, actually, some, some feedback from Ben Benassik, he just wanted to mention this um he says that there's actually something worse than the n64 <laughs> and that's coronavirus oh. <laughs> there's obviously the health risks etc etc but there is also the effect on businesses people should just support small businesses right now whether mm. it's a growler from ben campbell at 1989 arcade bar um a pin and watching some insane streams from jimmy nails at netherworld mm. Or tabletop and TCG games from uh, Ben and Game Center. Um, mm -hmm. Most small businesses won't speak up, but we're all suffering right now and appreciate any help we can get. So, um, yeah, Ben Benassik owns Game Traders at um, MacArthur Square. Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah, he's doing it tough at the moment, like a lot of small businesses where they've just had to shut down, basically. Mm. And a lot yeah. of places have had to lay off staff, um, barcades in particular are, um, mm -hmm. are in difficulty because, you know, it's a high-touch area 
yep. people touching buttons and all sorts of things. So yep. yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty tough. Yeah, and it's not just um, it's not just even policies that the government's making about what you can and can't do. It's also just the fact that people don't really want to go out and leave their houses and and do things mm. that where there's a lot of contact. Um, not even just about whether or not you can. It's just that people don't really want to, and no one's thinking at the moment. Like even my, this is a, it's a bit funny, but even my my nonna who has a little shoe store at a market. Uh, you know, I was talking to her, and she was like, "Oh, people might come," and I'm like they won't come. <laughs> mm. No one wants to go out. You know, they're not. They shouldn't be. They shouldn't be coming to the store. So, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, really weird times, and and really hard on. It's hard enough to run a small business without yep. something like this. Um, yeah. Uh, just on on Ben's stuff, um, so he's still selling games through the website, right? Is that right? Yeah, so he he's doing an absolutely amazing job, um, sort of transitioning to online, and and you know a lot of businesses are doing this as well out of necessity and you know to respond to the emergency and so forth, but. Um, Ben's um, got his online website, which is thegamecenter.store, which is spelled T-H-E-G-A-M-E-C-E-N-T-E-R. So it's the American spelling of center, thegamecenter.store. And if you go there, um, not only can you buy things online, um, but you can also... Uh, there's a link there for their Discord channel. Um, they have a pretty amazing Discord channel, actually, where they've got all their staff in there. Um, their staff are rostered in for certain times of the day to, you know, just be there in the chat to provide support, um, sort of like a help desky thing, um, give advice on, you know, things to buy and so on and so forth. They're even streaming tournaments, streaming and running tournaments via the Discord. Um, it's it's pretty amazing what they've done out of this necessity and um, absolutely encourage people to go to game thegamecenter.store click on their discord go in there you can join in on the community he's got a huge community in there at the moment and you can um, play all the Pokemon and TCG stuff I don't know anything about TCG so I'm just going to say Pokemon because that's TCG to me is that right? <laughs> yes, I don't know. Uh, I, uh, well, I, isn't like Magic the Gathering the biggest one? Probably. Yeah. 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 So there's that as well, and all the other TCG. TCG, I think, stands for Trading Card Games. Yep. Okay. There you go. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh. Yeah, it's it's pretty big, and he's also on his website. He's got um like an online database of all the thousands and thousands of cards that they have in stock and you can buy and trade uh, in his online web store, which is pretty amazing. I think he's the only person in Australia that has something like that. So, uh, Mm. yeah, Um, hop on there and and help him out because all of these places are doing it tough. I mean, Netherworld is closed at the moment, obviously, um, and Jimmy Nails, as we speak, is doing a 24-hour 
pinball marathon by himself and oh. streaming that to Twitch. Oh. So, yeah. I thought it started 9am tomorrow. Oh, does it? Hang on. They are streaming. Oh, no. Uh, yeah, he's playing. Yeah. So th- they were scheduled to do their Death by Pinball tournament, which is 24 hours uh, pinball tournament, but because their bar is closed, he's just going to sit there and... Well, not sit there. He's going to stand there and play pinball by himself for 24 <laughs> hours over the stream. It's he- crazy. He's even got... So he's got a Zoom meeting with, I'm guessing, a bunch of the regulars from the bar or maybe the Brisbane Pinball Club. Um and that's on the stream as well. So you can see all the people that are in the Zoom meeting watching yep. along. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it's amazing. Um, and yeah, you can support Jimmy Nails and Netherworld by going to netherworldarcade.com. Go to their merchandise. You can buy a bunch of cool stuff like T-shirts and enamel pins. I've gone in there and bought a whole bunch of enamel pins because... Their enamel mm-hmm. pins are awesome. Yeah. I think you bought some as well, John. Yeah, because I've been actually bugging him about the... Um, they did a special one for Point Blank for like a special light gun uh, event that they had with a bunch of different light gun games. And it's mm-hmm. a pin with like the pink and the blue gun from the Namco Point Blank. Uh, and I wanted that, but the only way to get it was to be at that event. And then there was another similar one for a Tony Hawk event they did. Um, and so I was asking him about it. But they're part of one of the packs on, on the website now, so you mm. can actually go and get them. But they, there was only four sets, I think, when I bought mine, so I don't know if there's any... any there might not be any left now, but what? who knows? But are they not selling the ones that you need scores for, right? No. There's no. not special selling, things. Uh, I asked... Um, John Tannehill about that and he said they're very strict about the ones that you need yeah. to earn in terms of score base yeah they don't sell yep. they don't sell those yep which is fair yeah yeah well that's kind of the whole point of it like it's meant to be exclusive there's only one way you can earn that hmm. it'd be a bit shit if they just started selling them but you could also understand I mean they're their business is closed at the moment, so yeah. any money they could get, I mean, yeah. is kind of good. So mm. I certainly wouldn't begrudge them if they ended up yeah. doing that, because um, you know it's it's kind of like um, sure they can you know sort of dent their standards in offering high score pins for people to buy. But then, would you prefer they just went out of business? Yeah, definitely. You know? I think um, so. Yeah, that's that's definitely reasonable. Um, I think that there's a lot of things that uh, these unprecedented circumstances. Um, wait, I should start that sentence again. You know what I mean? <laughs> I think I think everyone knows what I mean. I mean, another example is the fact that you know people who are own bars or people who are running bars now can sell takeaway alcohol so they've changed you know liquor licensing laws to allow for that and i think that's mm. you know it's it's awesome that they can that they've been able to do that because i mean I, I don't know how much help it is really in the long run but it's better than nothing and but yeah it's it's a truly horrible situation um 
you know, you can't sugarcoat it. I mean, thousands of people are losing their jobs. Um, mm. It's horrible. Mm. And speaking of horrible things, Rumble in the West. <laughs> it's uh, yep. cancelled, delayed. What's going on with Rumble in the West, John? Um, we did just say... We did call it a cancellation at this stage, mainly because it's so difficult at the moment to make any kind of plans to even begin to think about what we would do. Yeah. There's really no point. So, uh, I really don't know at this stage. I think if it does happen, it's probably not going to be till 2021, but Hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's too early to say. Um, When we made the decision, it was pretty clear that, you know, like I was talking about before, even if people were allowed to leave their homes and come out to something like that, a lot of people wouldn't choose to do that. Yeah. Um, And that made the decision really easy. I said to someone, it was like both the hardest and easiest decision I've ever made. (laughs) Um, Hmm. It was really sucked because, you know, I've worked so hard on it and it's kind of my dream to do something like that but mm. uh at the same time it's very very clear that it's just not going to work yeah. and yeah so the decision had to be made um mm. yeah so i'm not sure exactly yet it's i learned a lot of things from planning this event um there's definitely some things i would tweak um, but it's really too early to say we'll definitely do, I think we'll, we'll definitely do something, but when mm-hmm. it's going to be and exactly what it's going to be, I don't know. Um, but we're going to keep our social media going and we haven't posted much in the last couple of weeks. Um, but it's going to keep it going and, and just try and keep in touch with everyone who is interested because one, yeah. one of the things we really wanted to do was tr- start to build a community. So, we're going to keep working towards that goal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's a shame. But, um, yeah, like you said, it is the right call because everything else is shut down. And e- even if there were some people who decided they'd come out anyway, uh, you can't. Yeah. Because yeah. people will be fined. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's just it's just one of those things. I mean, yeah, it's it's been bad for a lot of things. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, um, moving on to somewhat brighter news. Mm-hmm. Um, the Game the System Discord uh, Game of the Month continues. Mm-hmm. Uh, one thing you can do when you're at home isolating is still play games by yourself on MAME or if you happen to have the PCBs or the hardware or whatever you can you can play on the original hardware um, Game the System Game of the Month for what was it? March was Black Tiger and um, Andrew Barrow won that um, quite convincingly I think <laughs> uh, and he's a new member to the Game the System Discord but he's a Long-time retro game, uh, what would you say? Enthusiast. Um, enthusiast, player, mm. uh, world record holder. He holds many, many, many world records. Mm-hmm. One of them probably 
Particularly of note is the world record for Gallagher on MAME. Um, so he's, yeah, he's, he's an absolutely amazing player. He also won the inaugural, um, what was it, arcade, what was that competition called, mm. a BPAC? Australian Arcade Championship. That's the one, AAC. Uh, he won that, so he knows what he's doing. Um, and yeah, he took out Black Tiger quite convincingly. And this month in April, we're playing Outzone, that uh, really mm-hmm. hard shooter from Toa Plan. And currently, uh, Andrew Barrow is in the lead again. <laughs> and again by a significant margin. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, he knows what he's doing. And if you don't know the name Andrew Barrow, he often goes by the name of Barrow. Yep. Yes. So, cool, that's all the... Sorry, you were going to say something? Oh, I was just going to say, I think he streams quite a bit too. Hmm, yeah, I think so. I guess we can talk about what we've been doing over the last month or so since we last recorded. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a bunch of stuff because a lot of things in my game room has changed over the last couple of months. Um, but who who would like to talk first? I understand, John, you've got some stuff. Matt has a story, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> i got a few ones that probably... Uh going to be smallish i guess so come on john when you say small <laughs> it's probably about two hours worth <laughs> let's be honest here <laughs> okay but yeah you go first um so i've been i started playing uh i finished zelda and the next game i started was castlevania symphony of the night oh. i got it on ps4 it was one of the reasons that I wanted a PS4 because at the time um, it wasn't available on anything else except the original copy mm-hmm. um, and a few other like I think there might might have been a compilation on PS2. I'm not sure. I can't remember, but um, not hard I don't to think so. No, I could. Uh, I think there was one other compilation or something. Maybe it was on. I don't know. Anyway. Um, not that easy to get your hands on, but obviously in a digital format, um, it's not too hard. So yeah, right. it's available on the on the PlayStation Store as a digital download. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I got that. I bought it a while ago. I started playing it, but didn't get too far. But um, yeah, I was determined to finish it because I'm trying to just finish all the games I start now. Mm-hmm. Um, I played all the way through and I finished the game and I was like, that didn't take as long as I thought it would for a game that's like so, you know, uh, revered. Yeah. 
It was like this. It didn't. It seemed a bit too easy. So I actually looked it up because I was like, I feel like I'm missing something, and I found out that I was missing something. Yeah, you only got <laughs> halfway through, didn't you? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, I know exactly what you were missing. <laughs> and is it? Is it? Surely it's like not a spoiler. Uh, for I mean, it is a spoiler, but the I game's pretty it. old. <laughs> Matt's not going to play it. No. Okay. No, you don't like Castlevania games. Not particularly. No. And yeah, I don't think it's a spoiler. Everyone knows it, except for John, apparently. Yeah, I didn't know. Uh-huh. But I, I didn't know. Yeah, I don't know. I've never... Uh, yeah. But I thought, I thought, you, you go through it and then it just does the thing where it turns into the other game and then you go through it again. I, I didn't think you could get a bad ending where... It stopped. Did it stop? Uh, yeah, it went. I went oh. to a credit scene and everything. I think oh. you must have forgotten, but you actually need to go through quite a bit to get to the second half of the game. Right. Um, maybe we'll say, like, for anyone who really wants to play this game without being spoiled, which would have been me um, <laughs> a month ago, um, to, I don't know, Skip forward. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, let's let's say spoiler chat will start now, and in five minutes it will be over. So I'll be watching the clock. Okay, I'll, I'll watch the clock too. Um, yeah. So okay. So I'll try and be pretty quick. So the the second half of the game is the upside down castle. Um, yes. So it actually takes the entire map and flips it upside down, and that means that mm-hmm. you're walking on the roof. And yeah, but but you can by the time you get to it, you do have the bat form, so you can fly around a bit, um, yep. which obviously makes getting around less tricky um, and solves probably a lot of issues you would have had with platforms being too far away to jump and that sort of thing. Hmm. Um, but to get to this, you need to collect. I think it's uh, two different rings. And it's the black, uh, the silver and the gold ring, I think, from memory. I'm trying to remember. It was a few weeks ago I did this now. Um, mm. And then, ah, oh, forgotten. There's a few steps involved. But basically, once you get these items, oh, that's right. Then you, you give them to this woman. She gives you these special goggles that allows you to see this spirit that is controlling um, Richter. And when you go and fight Richter, instead of killing Richter, you kill the spirit. And then that's what gives you access to the second part of the game. If you don't Uh. have those goggles, then you're just fighting Richter and you kill Richter. And then it's the end of the game. And Alucard's Hmm. like, well, I took care of that. (laughs) And that's basically (laughs) the end. (laughs) Right. And you never actually, it never gives you any kind of hints or anything, unless they're like really subtle, which they probably are, but um, never really gives you any obvious like, hey, guess what? You missed a bunch of the game. Um, Hmm. Yeah. That's really interesting because, you know, my my memory's not great, but usually like my my usual saying is, uh, you know, I don't remember things until people remind me, Hmm. but... You talking about that, I don't even remember 
that being the case, I have no memory of, you know, having to collect those particular items to do that. Mm-hmm. But it was a long time ago, so, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely a very specific thing you have to follow. If you're the sort of person that must reveal all the rooms in the castle or whatever, if you feel like you need to explore everywhere, you probably would have come across it naturally. But I I tried to do it do that, explore the whole place, but there were some rooms I couldn't figure out how to get inside them. Um hmm. And I can't remember now actually what I was missing. It was something small, um, but I couldn't get in. There must have yeah. there must have been some indication that you, you know, you got the bad ending right. Like was it a you completed the game but you weren't at a hundred percent or? Um, I don't think I don't know if it gave me a percentage, but um, not really. No, nothing obvious. No obvious indication. The biggest indicator, really, was that it just seemed too easy, and that it hmm. just seemed too simple for right. a game that appears to have so had had so much effort in actually creating it. And also, yeah. just because I know that it is such a yeah revered game, like you said, um, hmm. I thought there's no way that it could be over this quickly. Or not that it was that quick, but it definitely felt like I didn't do everything. The other thing too is that I felt like Richter should be a good guy, and um, or ultimately a good guy, and the ending kind of indicated the opposite of that. So I suppose that's a bit of a clue. Like you feel like you're beating up a good guy, and that, yeah. that doesn't seem right. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. But then again, Alucard. I mean, you know. Mm. I mean, his name gives away what he is. Mm. I know the spoiler bit is over, but... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I mean, I, I think, yeah, probably don't need to spoil it anymore, but um, there is a lot of depth to that game. Hmm. Uh, Have you finished the second part yet? No. I actually... So, <laughs> despite, like my goal of trying to finish every game that I start. I got like a bit, I don't know, I just felt like playing something else. So I kind of mm. put it down for now. Uh, I'm definitely right. going to go back to it, but I've actually I've actually put it down for mm. the moment. I think with everything that's happening as well, it's for some reason something to do with all that, all the, the virus stuff and just the way life has changed a little bit as made me less motivated to play it, weirdly. Okay. I, I don't really know how to explain that, but, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. But, you, but did you go on to something else, or are you just not really motivated to play any games? Uh, no, I, I started playing Diablo 1. Oh. I think I felt like playing something a bit more more nostalgic, personally nostalgic, maybe. Yeah, I was going to say that. That probably makes sense. You yeah. want to sort of um, play something that puts you back into your comfort area, makes you feel comfortable, feel happier, yes. perhaps. And probably less challenging as well. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah just something a bit bit easier, a bit more relaxing. I think that's probably a big part of it. And, uh, yeah, Diablo 1 for me. I don't know if there's a game that I have more nostalgia for than this. <laughs> I played it a lot as a kid and um 
but I never never finished it legitimately. It was always oh, you duping. Didn't? No. Um because I was You cheater. <laughs> I was pretty young <laughs> and um Pretty young. How old were you? Well probably like eleven or twelve. Oh, okay, that is pretty young. I keep forgetting <laughs> how young you are. <laughs> yeah. So like just I mean, I don't know whether I should have been playing it, but probably not. But um just old enough to kind of enjoy playing it, but not old enough to have the patience to actually try and do it properly. Um, mm-hmm. I used to spend, yeah, a lot of time duping things and then later on felt, you know, trainers and memory memory hacks where I would like search for the experience. I think I've talked about this before on the podcast, like searching yeah, for that exact so. value that your experience is at and then changing it to nine 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 And then you'd have to go into the dungeon and hit one monster and the game would be like, Oh, you're now level seventy or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that was fun. But yeah, never finished it properly. So I wanted to go back and, and do that. Which I've now I've finished the original game. Oh nice. Um, as a warrior. And found out that I was planning on going on to like the nightmare difficulty and the hell difficulty. I don't know how familiar you guys are with the game. Little bit, little bit. Uh, yeah. So basically, you finish the game on normal, and then you can move up to nightmare, which is like the next level difficulty. And all the monsters are more difficult, um, have more health, do more damage, and all that sort of stuff. But you'll also get higher level items. But, um, so this was a feature in the original game, which I remember uh, using, but then I found out that in single player, you can't actually choose difficulty. Um, It was only ever something that was in multiplayer in the original game. Hmm. Yeah. Um, Which was really annoying to find out because I couldn't move on to Nightmare difficulty. Uh, there's Wait, say that all again. Why, um, why can't you go to Nightmare? Because I played in single player, and the game sees that as like a different. I can't play a multiplayer game um, with my single player character. Oh, I see. And I can yeah, only select sense. the difficulty in a multiplayer game. Yeah, which is really annoying. Um, hmm. But I've since found out there there is a workaround. You have to start a multiplayer game in the desired difficulty, and then when you go back to single player, apparently it um, will be on whatever difficulty you played at last. So there's right. a there's a weird workaround. Um, but then also, if you have the Hellfire expansion, which if you buy the GOG version, it comes with the Hellfire expansion. You can choose a difficulty in Hellfire. Hmm. Um, just for information's sake. So you um, you finished the first game legitimately in multiplayer? No, I was playing it in single player. Or do you mean back in the day? No, I mean now, because yeah. didn't you say that um, Yeah, you had to go to multiplayer to choose Nightmare? Isn't that what you said? Um, you do. That's the only way you can change your difficulty... I found out you can do that just by researching. I haven't been able to do it because I I only played single player. Um, Hmm. Yeah, so I haven't finished the game in a multiplayer. 
with a multiplayer character. For some reason, it differentiates them. Um, right. You have, yeah, they're different, different. You can't use a single player character in multiplayer and, mm. and vice versa in the original so, game. So you can't, you can't change your difficulty at all in single player? No, except for the little, that little workaround I was talking about, which is not really, right. it's more of like a bug than, hmm. it's not really an intended feature, I don't believe. That's weird. Yeah, it's kind of annoying. Um, I don't know why they did it that way, but maybe they never expected anyone really to play it that much as, mm. or maybe it was something that they added later. I don't know. Um, maybe they were trying to encourage people to play multiplayer. Probably, yeah. Probably. In Diablo 2, they changed things to, um, I guess, make it make it so you could, you just had your character and mm-hmm. you could kind of take your character wherever you went sort of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah, so, but, but. So now I'm so I found out you can even though I can't transfer my single player character to multiplayer I could make my single player character from the original game work in the Hellfire expansion but while I keep my level I lose all my items that I found <laughs> so now I've transferred my character to the Hellfire expansion and I'm just going through the dungeon like I started off with no items just punching skeletons and one-shotting them because I've got like a, you know, level 25 character or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I've just picking up whatever items I can find. Um, so now I'm playing through Hellfire so that I can then move on to the higher level difficulties. Right. Yeah. Did Hellfire add any other characters or was it just extra content? Yeah, it added... Uh, a character class called the Monk. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. which actually had a, a whole new um, character model and everything. and mm. But it adds a lot of features as well. There's a bunch of new spells. Um, there's traps now, and they also added in, like, oils and stuff. So there's oils that can give weapons, like, permanent boosts. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Which is actually really useful, although it's a mm. bit of a, it's always a gamble when you put it, uh, put that on a weapon because you don't really know if you're going to find a better weapon. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which you probably will. Most in most cases, yes. Um, but I found one which I ended up using in the original game for a long time. It's got a really high like additional bonus to your hit rating, which is really important because your hit rating, um, it decides whether or not you hit the enemy and it also determines how much damage because you know how your damage is always like, you know, 5 to 10 or whatever. Hmm. Your hit rating says like, okay, you'll hit 80% of the time and then um, depending also on your hit rating, it will be between those, you know, the lower number and the higher number. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, what's a better way to explain it? Basically, the higher your hit rating, the more likely it is to be at the top end of that damage scale, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah so it's actually a really, really important stat, um, so much so that because it's determined by dexterity, um, 
I believe the best thing to do is to max out your dexterity first. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. So, Matt, you didn't play Diablo at all? No. Um. Huh. You're a PC guy. I thought you would have played it. I, I don't know what I was doing at the time. <laughs> Something else. <laughs> probably Quake, right? Yeah, played all the... Yeah, like, first-person shooters probably as well as doing most of the time around then. Mm. Sure, yeah. it would have been right around the time when Quake came out. Huh? I think. Well, if that's the case, then, yeah, we would have been quaking. Yeah. Mm. We did that for many years. Exclusively. Yeah. <laughs> it probably felt super slow in comparison... Yeah, and I never really clicked with the whole Diablo thing, and I'm not sure why, because I love RPGs. Well, I know, I love Western RPGs, and, you know, Diablo is a Western RPG. Mm. I love um, the aesthetic. Um, mm. I love the, you know, randomly generated worlds, uh, mm-hmm. the bosses, the characters, especially, I think it's Diablo 2, you have a necromancer, is that right? Yep. Yeah, and that's right up my alley as well, but for whatever reason, I just really didn't like how it played. I just, the whole mouse-driven point at something and you walk in that direction. Yep. Yeah, I just, yeah, it never clicked with me, never liked it. Yeah, it is, it's different, and and especially Diablo 1, there's some really frustrating moments with pointing and clicking on enemies, like you're clicking, 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 and they'll move in an unexpected direction, and then all of a sudden your character's walking in a complete opposite direction because you know you clicked on the other side of a wall, and he's decided to path around the other way. And yeah, um, yeah, there's a lot of really frustrating moments like that. Um, yeah, but I guess maybe because I just spent a lot of time as a as a child playing it. You know, mm. when you're a kid, you don't really think about how this is rubbish. You just kind of work with it, and now I'm yeah. just used to the way that it works. So, so oh yeah, um, of course, and um, yeah. definitely not saying it's rubbish. Yeah, I yeah. just think um, it just didn't click with me, and yeah. I found as you were as you were talking about, you know, the weird pathing and stuff like that. It reminded mm. me that I really found it frustrating when you'd. You're in a bunch of mobs and you're killing a bunch of them and then something you really want drops and you're trying to click on it, but there's like 400 other things walking over it or around it and it's just really hard to have any sort of precision around that. And so I think that sort of just drove me crazy, but certainly not saying it's rubbish. Mm. It's it's not Mm. and the popularity of the game speaks for itself. Mm. It's just, yeah, it didn't quite get with me. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Baker Snark MDW says movement with the mouse never clicked with me. <laughs> I see what he did there. It's actually funny because uh, I remember seeing when it came out on PlayStation that you controlled it um, like with your, your D-pad, you control the character. And I always thought that you'd be losing a lot of precision with that kind of control. But when I got the PlayStation Mini and I loaded up Diablo on that... I played it with the PlayStation controller and it actually felt quite good. I was surprised. And uh, mm. I wonder if, um, if you know, potentially that's a, a better way to, yeah. to play. Um, so I, I think played briefly Diablo 3 on Switch and yep. with the analog stick. It works quite well. Like yep. It probably is better. 
Yeah, and I'm pretty sure on PC it has like pad support as well, just to give people the option. Ooh, I'm just reading Dragonstorm's comment in the chat. Fell 30k short, probably a good thing. I didn't break the world record as I tried. Recording on my laptop, watch the video and you can't make out the score. I have no idea what game he's talking about. <laughs> Could that be, is he talking about um, the game of the month? Uh, outside? No, Donkey Kong on the NES Mini, oh. apparently. Okay. Right. He clarified that now. But only 30k short of the um, world record, that's bloody good. Wow. All right, so anything else you've been playing, John? Um, well, n- well, no, not really. That I've pretty much been, yeah, just playing Diablo mainly. Um, mm-hmm. And got the pinball machine now, so now I'm probably just going to be playing that mostly. I also yeah. got that Japanese Mega Drive. Oh, yeah. Um, and I mainly wanted to try and go for the NTSC world record of Dragon's Fury, but I didn't actually look up the um, regional information for that cartridge. I just assumed, because like most of them work, that it would be fine. Mm-hmm. And then I mm-hmm. found out that this is like the wrong combination. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, a power cart will not work in a Japanese... Mega Drive, unfortunately. If I had the Genesis, the US one, it would have been okay, um, which is annoying. But, um, yeah, it just won't work in the Japanese one. Um, My Streets of Rage 2 works, which is pretty cool. I I played that, and it looked so weird because of the scan lines. The colors actually appear to be a little bit um, not, not as bright, I guess because I'm not used hmm. to seeing the game with scan lines. Yeah. Um, it looks really nice. I, I like the way it looks, but it's just different. And Yeah. Scan lines sort of make it look a little bit like an arcade game, doesn't it? Yeah, I, I guess so. It's... I mean, it's... I wouldn't say that it, like, looks better or worse necessarily, um, mm. but it's definitely takes some getting used to um yeah so yeah. just to go back on that you're expecting to plug in your pal cart into a ntsc console and it would play as ntsc yeah most of them do oh really yep i would have thought you had to buy the you know the respective region version uh no um so most most mega drive or genesis games um will work in any region as far as I understand. I think it's hmm. about 90%. Um, but some of them are region locked. And if you go, there's a really great resource. I think it's Sega Retro, website called Sega Retro, I think. And there's a whole list of every single cart um, and any any carts that are region locked are listed there. Uh, Mm. So, the easiest way, I mean, if you just search, like, the name, you know, like, Dragon's Fury region or something like that, um, Mm -hmm. it should come up and it'll tell you, like, a power cartridge will work in, actually, it will say, uh, because some of them work but are not optimized, if that makes sense. Um, Yeah, and 
I think there's a very, very few that will actually that can actually damage your system. Um, hmm. And but there's and there's some that just plain don't work. Um, but most of them will work across all regions. And okay. it actually, when you when you put Streets of Rage two in the Japanese Mega Drive, the start screen, the the title screen says Bare Knuckle two. Um, oh really? Yeah. So oh, that's pretty cool. I'm a bit confused about how it works because it seems like it's an entirely separate ROM, but that also seems like a colossal waste of resources to have two separate ROMs or two or three separate ROMs on one cartridge. Hmm. I don't really understand how that works exactly. But so I guess to solve your problem, though, you could just buy a Japanese uh, Dragon's Fury car. Right. That's what I thought, too. But it seems as though it might be a bit rare in Japan. Uh (laughs) Because I looked it up and they were like $250. Holy (laughs) shit. Yeah. And maybe I'm just looking in the wrong place, but um, it seemed expensive. Yeah. Is that just for the card or is that a box copy? Um, I think the ones I was looking at were boxed. Um, hmm. Yeah. Because you're always going to pay more for a box copy, but even then, yeah. 250 bucks. that's yeah, that's up there. Well, I think I paid $40 for mine, box, boxed hmm. copy. So, yeah. Yeah. It just seems like it maybe was just not a popular game. It's also got a mm. weird name too. I think it's I think it's so Devil's Crush is the original name. But mm-hmm. in Japan it was called Devil Crash Mega Drive, I think, or Devil Crash M D. Like no plural. Right. Yeah. Really weird. Yeah, it took a while to figure that out. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. But yeah, you've got the Powell World Record, right? Uh yes. Yeah, which is why you wanted the NTSC one, and yeah, yeah, it's a little bit more complicated. There's a bit more competition under the NTSC. Um, I think a few more players that are like seriously trying to make a good score. I think the power yep. record was like 20 million, which is a bit of a laughable. It's not that difficult um, to get, and I pushed it up to like 50. Um, mm. Under NTSC, I think it's about 115 million or something like that. Okay, that seems a bit higher. Yeah. Cool. All right, then. Um, Well, if that's what you got, maybe I'll go on to my things. Cool. Sounds good. I might just quickly go grab a drink. Storm showing two cartridges, Dragon's Fury and Dragon's Revenge. Dragon's Revenge looks awesome. The graphics look absolutely amazing. But I don't think the gameplay is anywhere near as good. And that's just what he said. Mm. Not as good. 
Yeah, the OG is the better of the two for sure. Are those two cartridges yours, Dragonstorm? Yeah, nice. Yeah, I've got both of them as well. It's pretty interesting that the microphone's not picking up all the sounds in this game room. I've got Outrun behind me, I've got International Karate Plus playing, Ghouls and Ghosts playing, Outzone playing. Oh, Dragonstorm has posted some pictures of Dragon's Fury and Dragon's Revenge. Um, <clears throat> he said, OG is better of the two. I actually yep. am not a fan of Dragon's Revenge at all. No. Uh, we were just talking about that before and right. saying that Dragon's Revenge, I think, looks absolutely amazing. It looks incredible, but the game is not good to play. Yeah. It's pretty rubbish. Yeah, I think they really did a good job um, getting the flipper mechanics quite good in Dragon's Fury. Uh, mm -hmm. And I think that's something that a lot of digital pinball games don't do well. Um, another example is the Crewball game. I mm. think the flipper mechanics in it just don't feel realistic. It's like similar to actually to um, to Mario Pinball. I mean, maybe I shouldn't bring up that game again. But um, <laughs> yeah, I've already. It's, it's too late. It's not like so. So with uh, Crewball, it's not like playing a pinball machine it's just learning how th that game plays like it doesn't feel like playing real pinball to me so it mm. becomes about just learning how to play that game and how, how yeah. like when to flip the flipper for the right angle and yeah. mario pinball is the same and a lot of pinball games are like that um, but i think that dragon's fury feels a lot more natural it feels a lot more like a real pinball in terms of what at what point you flip the the flipper to get the ball at a certain angle hmm. in, in my opinion yeah I, I never really thought of dragon's fury in the in the respects of how the physics are like a real pinball machine i just think it's just a good game to play hmm. i think it looks really cool the music's really cool it's just a fun game um yeah but in terms of physics yeah, I'm, I'm not really too sure, so I'd probably take your opinion on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Having said you went to get a drink, I'm going to get a drink myself. <laughs> okay. So I'll be back in two minutes. So I, I didn't... One thing I learned with all this Mega Drive stuff was that um, the Mega Drive wasn't that big in Japan. Like, nowhere near as big as Nintendo stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like... It's not like with Nintendo where there's like millions of them around and it's all really cheap because there's so many. It wasn't really that cheap at all. <laughs> um, but it's a nice thing to have anyway. I guess I assumed because it's a Japanese system it would have done well. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I assumed as well. Um, but I guess the reality is that Nintendo just totally dominated there like they did in the US. Mm. And Sega didn't do that well. You can definitely get them, but they're way more expensive than Nintendo consoles. Hmm. Yeah, and it's definitely not... It's not the sort of thing that... Like, yeah, you just think, oh, it's Japanese, so it'll be cheaper in Japan. It's not. It's cheaper here. <laughs> That's pretty weird. <laughs> Dragonstorm is asking, where is everyone tonight? We're at home, right? 
You better be at home. Whoa. Resident Evil 3 Remake is out. Oh, new release? Uh, relatively new, yeah. Oh. Are they going through the whole series or something? Um, well, once you get to 4, they actually did, like, um, over-the-shoulder third person, so it was a big graphical update. Yeah. So I think it wouldn't feel like as large of a jump from 4 to, like, a current remake of 4. I mean, it's still obviously a massive, massive jump, but um, not as much compared to to like RE2 and RE3 because they yeah. were like, you know, PS1 kind of Yeah, yeah. But are hardware. they doing are we, like... Re- are we talking about RE3? Yeah. yeah. The remake. Yeah, well, I just said it's it's out. Yeah. And Matt, Matt said, are they going to go through each each one? I imagine they would. Yeah. I mean, I think, well, I think they'll probably do four. I mean, five's where it really started to go downhill, right? Hmm. I don't know if they'd bother remaking five, but um, yeah, like, wh- what about one and zero? Or like, oh. there's some others, aren't there? Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, well, they did re. They actually have already made a remake of one huh. and zero. Okay. Yeah, I thought so. Really? Yeah. <laughs> so, so they remade yeah. those at the same, like, around the same time that Resident Evil Four came out. Because oh. with because oh. with four, they totally remade the engine, basically, yeah. like the game had a massive overhaul so they made resident evil one in the same engine as as four as far as i know have you heard any uh sort of feedback in regards to re3 what it's like i haven't heard anything uh i haven't i haven't gone looking i I was just gonna Hmm. get it eventually and play it I think i spoke to one person that said it was good and that was basically it (laughs) right um, but considering yeah. how good number two, like the remake of number two was, I, I don't really have much of a question about it in my mind. Like I'm, I nah. think it's definitely worth buying. Yeah. I'm sure it's going to be amazing. Yeah. The, um, that remake. I'm, I'm yeah. tempted. Sorry. I'm, I'm tempted to get, uh, two and also mm-hmm. three, but I also know that, you know, I really loved, um, RE7 and I still haven't finished it. So oh, I should yeah. probably finish that first. Yeah, that's the whole, my whole thing of trying to finish like the games that I'm starting, just to try and get the value out of them. And hmm. yeah, yeah. And I think there was rumors of Resident Evil Eight as well. All right. Yeah. Hmm. Popular series. <laughs> yeah. All right. So should I go on to my update? Sure. Okay. All right. So, uh, just quickly, Mortal Kombat 11 update. Still haven't played it. Uh, quickly moving on. <laughs> so, uh, I've had a lot of movement in my game room recently. Mm. Um, and I say recently, it's really over the last three months or so. Um, but for whatever reason, I haven't really talked about it in the podcasts. Um, obviously... You know, I have talked about the fact that I sold the Walking Dead pinball machine in order mm-hmm. to buy the Elvira House of Horrors pinball machine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, as a result, I also ended up selling the Elvira Scared Stiff pinball machine. Yeah. Um, so that was two pinball machines moved on, 
to get one, but also the other um, sort of plan around selling Scared Stiff was to have more room in the game room to buy arcade games, because I thought having four pinball machines was enough. I didn't really feel like I needed any more. Mm. Um, Dragon Storm in the chat saying Medieval Madness. Yep, that's a very, very popular pinball machine. It's not one that I'd probably end up owning, but I understand it's, you know, it's an A-list game, but it's not one of my favourites. Um, but yeah, I have four pinball machines. Elvira House of Horrors, Wonelli Big Juicy Melons, Xenon, and Brighter Pinbot. And that's enough. I, I don't feel like I need any more. And also, with me recently being more into or going back to enjoying arcade games, I felt like I needed more arcade cabs. So, with that, making the space, I bought a new Astro City, mm-hmm. and that's not new, as in it's a brand new. Mm. The, the cab's called the new Astro City. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think there was a podcast a couple ago that I talked about buying that, but it's actually arrived now. It's in my game room. Um, I also bought a Bubble Bobble PCB. Um, wow. Which I've always wanted to buy. I've always wanted to have a Bubble Bobble. Um, but it's not working. I bought it knowing that it's not working. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was looking at the pictures in the auction because it was... It was still a lot of money, but it wasn't anywhere near as much as a working Bubble Bobble PCB. And I was looking at the pictures and sort of thinking, ah, yeah, okay, so there's that cap there that's split in half. That's obviously a a Mm. problem that I can fix. And Mm -hmm. I thought I'd just take a punt on it. So I ended up buying it. Um, I got it back and uh, started looking at that. And then I also bought a Dynamo HS5 cab just recently so that's just arrived in the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. um and then also <laughs> uh i indicated i think it was last podcast that i've got a grail pickup arriving mm-hmm. and that did arrive and that was you know a few people sort of uh guess this but yeah it was a monkey ball full arcade uh new old stock kit so um wow yeah, there's a kit you can buy. I mean, I had the control panel previously. I had the control panel, you know, with the banana and everything. And the um, the GD-ROM, which is the game itself on a... It's like a... I don't know what you call it. it, it it's a CD, but they call it a GD. I, I don't yeah. know what, no, what it, that means. It's got... It holds more, but... Yeah. Okay. <laughs> GD stands <laughs> for... Holds, holds more, more data, yeah. It's right. like physically the same kind of disc, right? But it's yeah. the the file system or whatever is slightly different. Is that is that right? I assume it's more dense. It's a gig ish or something like that. <clears throat> right. But you can use okay. like a standard CD burner to burn a GD ROM disc. I don't think so. Uh, you can download an ISO. Oh yeah. Online. So- uh, as I understand, what they do for those is they rip out parts of the game that aren't like necessary, like videos, and, oh. and they re- redo, or maybe like take a video, like downsample it a bit, and same with audio. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. 
So is it is it kind of like a in between a CD-ROM and a DVD? Somewhere in between, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, I, I already had the control panel and the <coughs> GD-ROM, um, but then this thing popped up on eBay, and like I said, I've been searching for this for probably the last four or five years, every day, a couple of times per day. Um, looking for the full kit because I wanted the the marquee and the instruction panel sticker. There's another sticker that goes with it um, and a couple of other things. And they're just super, super, super rare. You just never see them pop up. Um, but yeah, the last couple of weeks, it was a couple of weeks ago, it popped up and I got very, very excited. I offered the guy some money to pull it off eBay and just sell it to me and he said oh you know what I'd rather just uh, let the auction play out yeah which is completely fine with me I'd be exactly the same if I was in that position yeah if I put an auction up I expect it to run I I won't accept offers Mm. so that's all fair Um, but then I ended up winning the auction for less than the amount of money that I offered for Uh. his (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah so good for me bad for him but yeah it was a good sport he he didn't care about that yeah. it was all good it was still still went for a lot of money um and yeah like i said this is not only the full kit but it's new like it's never been used the control wow. panel's never been used That's awesome. the marquee's never been taken out of the plastic wrapping the um, the GD-ROM in the plastic casing has still got the seal on it, so it's absolutely brand new. Are you, are you maintaining it in, in packet? Um, Considering maybe. you've got a control panel and disc already. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a bit more complicated answer than usual oh. because um, I bought that new Astro CD, right, which was going to be my cab I was going to use for monkey ball to set up monkey ball but getting this full kit i've realized uh the full kit's really made for i think it's called the aero city cab um which has a a much wider marquee Mm. so the marquees the marquee doesn't fit the new astro city cabs so yeah initially i was thinking even though this is brand new stuff, I feel like I need to use it. I was going to set it up on my new Astro CD, but now that I've realised it doesn't fit the new Astro CD, now I'm thinking I'll keep all that stuff brand new, packed away in a box, and just use the old control panel I have and the old game in the new Astro CD and get some repro marquees and stuff like that mm. printed up and can chuck it on the new Astro CD. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's that's going into a deep dark hole of my brain at the moment, but <laughs> <laughs> that's kind of what I was thinking of. Yeah. So we'll see what see what happens. I mean, I'm I'm not going to get an Aero City. It's I'm I'm happy with my new Astro. I don't need anything else. Um, and especially with my Dynamo that's just arrived in the last week, I've got no space in this garage anymore. So I I can't anyway. So it's fine. <laughs> so is, um, is but yeah. Is the Sorry, you were going to say something, Don? Um, usually a stand-up cab, or it looks like one. Because for memory, uh, the monkey balls generally were stand-up, or is that not necessarily true? In the US, it is. Right. So 
Yeah, the US has different cabs altogether, but in Japan it was the Aero City, and I think the Aero City is stand-up. I don't know, we'd probably need some candy cab aficionados in the chat <laughs> to answer that, because I'm not too sure, but it looks like a stand-up. It's got some sort of, like, um, I don't know how you even explain it, but it's it's got a weird contraption underneath that sort of makes it look like it stands up. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I don't know. But mm. anyway, um, yeah, really excited about that. Um, but besides all those things that have been arriving, uh, I've had lots of issues in the game room as well. So I had I, um, Elvira developed a spongy flipper. Oh yeah, yeah. I don't know whether people who don't play pinball would really understand what that means people who do play pinball might do so it's when the flipper just doesn't seem to have power anymore it kind of you you try to shoot up a ramp and it sort of goes three quarters the way up instead of all the way up and you Mm -hmm. try and catch a ball and it kind of kind of spongy catches it as opposed to catching it you know sort of in a sharp way and Mm-hmm. Um, so I could tell there was something wrong there, and taking to, um, sorry, talking to Bakersnark MDW in the chat, he said it's more than likely a coil stop on the solenoid. Yep. So I lifted up the playfield, and sure enough, the coil stop on the solenoid on the flipper was um, completely stuffed. Yeah. Um, so what I ended up doing was pulling a coil stop from Wonelli, putting it in my Elvira. And now Elvira's working fine, but Wonelli's obviously not terribly happy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Elvira's working again. Uh, my Ghouls and Ghosts PCB was freezing, and oh. I haven't seen this before. I've had all sorts of issues with my Ghouls and Ghosts, um, and, and I've probably talked about them all throughout the podcast, but it's never froze before. Mm. It's just really bizarre i mean usually you'd expect a pcb if it's got issues it's resetting Mm -hmm. or it's not booting or the graphics are corrupted but this was literally just freezing in in place so they should have like a watchdog circuit or something like that to make it reset yeah Yeah. um so it was really bizarre i didn't understand what was going on there um but i pulled the pcb out of my which was in the mortal kombat cab and just sort of packed it away and thinking, you know, well, there's another broken PCB to add to the tally. Mm. Um, my outrun, um, that's currently, and I'm turning around and looking at my outrun, and it's still the case that the background graphics are corrupted, mm. um, which is really annoying because every time something goes wrong with outrun, I have to ship it off to the UK. There's a guy in the UK that repairs them. I think he's the only person in the world that repairs outrun PCBs. Wow. And it usually costs me about a thousand bucks to get it repaired. And this would be the fourth time. Shit. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that's annoying. Mm. Uh, my R type PCB, which I did have in my new Astro City for quite a while. Um, that started developing some corrupted backgrounds as well. And that was annoying because R-Type is a pretty rare board. I mean, you're looking at about $1,500, $2,000 to buy one of those these days. Mm. Um, 
So when that started exhibiting background graphic corruption, I wasn't very happy about that either. Mm. Um, so I pulled that out and I've packed that away and sort of left that into the on the to do list. Mm-hmm. Um, the bubble bobble board that I bought that I knew was broken and I thought maybe I could fix. Um, Initially, yeah, the pictures showed a cap that had split in half. I replaced that. That didn't make a difference. Mm. Um, Closer inspection on the board, there were some traces that had been um, more or less cut. Mm -hmm. It looks like, because it's a two-PCB stack, it looked like the top PCB had crushed onto the bottom one and, like, cut into some of the traces. Mm. Um, So doing some tests with a multimeter like connectivity test um definitely those traces were completely cut and broken so i did some uh, jumper wiring from one end of it to the to the pin on the other end thinking you know yes i found the problem i bought a cheap bubble bubble board and mm-hmm. i'm going to fix these and plug it in and it's going to be working and i've saved so much money <laughs> i plugged it in and it didn't work mm-hmm. <laughs> so that was really annoying mm. um and continuing to try and fault find that PCB, I don't know, I was thinking maybe it wasn't getting the power that it needed. Mm. Um, so I was fiddling around with trying to, you know, check the 5 volt going in and it uses a, um, because it's not jammer, it uses a converter. So the converter goes onto the bubble bubble connector and then obviously connects to a jammer connector, mm-hmm. but there's another sort of um, plug which is a power plug that goes from this converter to the board as well and so I was yeah poking around with a multimeter you know has it got 5 volts here 5 volts there it was looking all good um, it was getting 5 volts at the top board at the bottom board mm-hmm. um, then I because um, I was testing all this in my new Astro City Cab and then I thought Well, maybe, I don't know, for some reason the power supply in the new Astro wasn't giving enough power because I couldn't find anywhere that you could adjust the power on the power supply in there. Mm -hmm. So I plugged it into my MK cab where I can adjust the power Mm -hmm. and testing around. And yeah, it wasn't quite getting 5 volts. It was getting around 4.5 or something like that. Yep. So turning it up, adjusting the power got it to a point where I was actually 5 volts I was testing the chips it was getting 5 volts at the chips and I'm like oh, okay so what does this mean and then started testing the um, connector for the power from the from the converter board and I accidentally bridged two pins oh uh-huh. and that's a bad thing to do mm. don't do that mm. <laughs> which I, I think I just sorry which two pins it was the, I think it was the minus 5 volt and the plus 12 volt. Okay. I think. Either way, it was two pins I shouldn't have bridged because uh, a big spark jumped out of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, those two pins got quite black, so they got quite burnt. And the power supply in the cab blew up. Yeah. Yeah. And I was kind of thinking, oh, well, that's, that's not too bad as, as long as the board hasn't been more damaged than what it already was um i can just replace the fuse in the power supply and it'll be fine um but then testing the fuse in the power supply the fuse is fine so i actually blew up the power supply 
Huh. So that's really annoying because that was a really expensive power supply. Mm. But yeah, there you go. Mm. So I guess there's no there's no fuse like to stop that sort of thing. I guess the fuse is only for the power coming into the power supply. Is that right? I don't really know. Yeah. That actually sounds right. Yeah. Now that you've said that, I would have thought it might have provided a bit more. Um, insurance, but mm. no, that's well, that's probably right. It is probably what's going. If there's only one, than what's yeah. going right? Yeah, mm. yeah. Okay, that makes sense. You know stuff, John. Uh, I don't know. I'm just hypothesizing. But, <laughs> but I've been playing around with them too, so not right. not to do any PCB repair because that's scary as shit. But um, mm. um, just to well, I was learning how to put Coinmex on, which we talked about, I think, last time. Um, yeah, yeah, but yeah, learning a lot about. Oh, we re we rewired that whole the cab that became our NBA jam. We did the we rewired the whole jammer harness. Got a whole new oh, yeah, jam that's harness. Fun. Yeah, <laughs> it's so like when you pull it out of the box, you're like, oh my god, there's so many wires. But then when you start to like break it all down into the different sections, it's not too complicated. Seemed to impress but a yeah. lot of people though. <laughs> lots Sorry? of people. It seemed to impress lots of people. They're like, "Oh wow, you know so much about this stuff." I'm like, "Uh, not really." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Just kind of poking wires in places that it looks like it goes, and <laughs> yeah, know all about that. Yeah, but yeah, that's the first time I've ever bridged anything, and I think, I, I think I, I don't know, maybe I just got careless because I felt uh, doing this over such a amount of time you think that you can't really do any harm and yeah. so yeah i just didn't pay enough attention bridge two wires sparks things blew up mm. i've learned a lesson there yeah and yeah it's, it's quite possible i've done more damage to that bobble bobble board i don't know mm. i haven't got to the stage of fiddling around with that again um but i have just purchased some new well i was going to say new psu but it's some new psu's um, from mouser.com as recommended from Evan um, I thought instead of just buying one I'll buy three oh. and the reason for that is <laughs> the reason for that is um, so I pulled the power supply that was in the dynamo cab that I just got this week and put that in the MK cab so I've got the MK cab back up and running so I need another power supply for the dynamo that I just got um, but I also would like to replace the power supply in my outrun because my outrun has often had power issues. Sometimes it doesn't boot, sometimes it does. And it's the original LAI power supply that came with the, the cabinet back in the day. So it probably just needs replacing anyway. Hmm. Um, and then just having one spare is pretty handy, mm -hmm. especially if I blow another one up. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, ordered those three today, but they're on back order. They won't arrive until end of May. Um, Denny DeVito made a good point, because I've already talked about this in the chat previously. Um, my Ghouls and Ghosts board that was freezing in my MK cab is running perfect in my new Astro City, and I don't understand why. Huh. I, I don't get it. Is that a power, um, is that a power issue? Maybe. Hmm. I Seems don't know. Most likely. You reckon it could be power? Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. 
Yeah, it's, it's really bizarre because, yeah, I've been running my Ghouls and Ghosts board now in my new Astro City for the last three days, almost straight, and it's been running perfect. So, mm. I don't know. Maybe it was power. So, maybe it was good that the power supply blew up or that I blew oh, up. Oh, that's the one that you exploded. Yeah. Oh, but that was that was like a new-ish power supply as well. Yeah. Wait, the Mortal Kombat... The one in the yeah, the one yeah. in the Mortal Kombat machine. Yeah, yeah. It's a Suzo Hap. I've got it in my hands right now. Oh. Suzo Hap power supply. It um, I mean, as as far as power supplies go, it's expensive. About probably about a hundred twenty bucks, and then you factor in shipping from the US. Yeah, reasonably expensive. Whereas you get power supplies from Mouser for, I think they're about thirty forty dollars. Mm-hmm. So, well, yeah, we're anyway. While we're on the topic of um, like arcade boards and uh, problems with those, I mm-hmm. was wondering if you guys might have any insight into what might be happening with the Mortal Kombat. Um, Ben's Mortal Kombat, which we have because we'd borrowed for Rumble in the West, mm-hmm. um, it's got no sound, but... Has it got a soundboard? Yes. Um, okay. It plays the... The very first, like loading up sound, not not the not the kind of ping when you turn on the game, the bong, not that one. It mm-hmm. it goes into it's when it says midway presents. It does the na na na, you know that right. part. Yeah, that one sound it plays, but nothing else plays. Huh. Yeah. So I was wondering. That's very strange. Yeah. But, um, you know, you having your own Mortal Kombat, maybe if, I don't know how familiar you are with them, if you mm. might have any ideas. I, th- I was wondering if maybe that sound is a bit of a diagnostic sound and maybe it's on the main board or something. And I don't know if that's a possibility. I don't really understand how the soundboard works. Because the other thing is I have, we've got the... NBA Jam, which has the same soundboard, but yep. is it the ROMs on the soundboard that have the actual sounds on them? I would have thought so, but yep. I <laughs> might be wrong. Um, it's just funny because it's how pinball machines are working. A lot like old ones yeah. all the time. It's soundboard oh, it's with the sound ROMs. So yeah. Yeah. Yep. So even though it's the same soundboard, the ROMs would have different sounds on them. Hmm. And Baker Snark MDW in the chat says, "Is there a software volume control? There's a software volume control and a hardware volume control. Have you tried both of those?" Um, that's interesting that you say that because I did some research, which said that there's actually no hardware volume control unless you install no, there one. Definitely is. Oh, well, if you install one, yeah. Most MK cabs should have one. Okay. But it's it's selected by dip switches. You, your dip switch determines whether you're telling the game to use oh. hardware sound or software sound. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe he's got the dip set up wrong. Because I think the... Because remember the coins were all set up a bit weird too? And I hmm. fixed that up. Um, maybe I should look at the dip settings... And oh, yeah, the coins. Because it had a sticker on there saying $1 per play, but it was actually $2. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. 
Yeah. I remember that. Yeah, I'll have to have a look at that and see. Because, yeah, so we, uh, there's a an actual, um, uh, I forget what you call it. There's some pins, like a plug on the soundboard, which we had to connect up a, a volume pot to our NBA Jam because we couldn't change the volume. Because I can't get into the diagnostics menu where the volume control, the soft volume control is. Um, you can't. Yeah, I think it's because the CMOS battery is dead. I have to replace it. Oh. Yeah, I bought the replacement. It's just sitting there. I haven't done it yet. Because, you know. That might be another we, reason. We had a global pandemic and mm-hmm. kind of slowed a lot of things down. But um, Right. Yeah. Um, so, does it have... Sorry. I, I, that's all right faded out there a little bit did you so it, it does have the hardware buttons on the coin door are we talking about nba jam or mortal kombat mortal kombat um i actually don't remember hmm. uh yes i believe you, so yeah if you open the coin door there should be just like a pinball machine you'll have four buttons i think yep and two of them are volume buttons right and those would be the software volume do you think? I think they're the hardware volume. Ah. Yeah, they are the hardware volume. If you go into the software settings, which is uh, you press the test button on those buttons, yep. then it will take you into the software settings and then you can change the volume in there. Right. Okay. Yeah, it could be just that maybe the volume set to hardware and that... Uh, Maybe it could even be the buttons wiring is gone or something. Mm. Yeah, I'll have to have a bit more of a look at it. And I mean, it's not my machine, so maybe I shouldn't be fiddling with with it. But um, yeah, I was kind of keen to try and get it going. I'm sure. I'm, sh- I'm sure Ben would be happy if he did. Yeah, I'm sure he would too. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's interesting that it plays the initial sound and then doesn't. Um yeah, really. Perhaps, d- yep. like you said, it's, you know, that initial sound is on the main board and then the rest are on the soundboard. It's it's worth thinking about the connection between the main board and the soundboard or yep. the ROMs on the soundboard. Yeah. 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 Oh, that gives me a few ideas of things to explore. Hmm. Um, so, um, the other thing is Ghouls and Ghosts on my new Astro City looks absolutely stunning i can't believe how good it looks mm. i mean you know i'm i've said many times before i'm not a fan of um the design of the candy cabs or you know you have to sit down to play them um so on and so forth but the big major thing about candy cabs and particularly this new astro city the, the monitors look absolutely amazing, just incredible. Yeah. I've never seen Ghouls and Ghosts look this good before, ever, even on a, you know, like a LCD TV on MAME or anything like that. Just this monitor looks amazing. Yeah. Yeah, they're really nice. Yeah. So, um, I've also bought a Logic Probe from Mouser.com, so hopefully that'll arrive soon-ish. And the reason why... Um, I've bought that Logic Probe is that I've become a little bit addicted to another YouTube channel called 8-Bit Manshed. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is a guy, I think he's in Ireland, um, and he does a lot of PCB repair. So a lot of videos where he's repairing PCBs and uh, he's just 
really, really knowledgeable, like pulling out the schematics and tracking down, you know, this chip to this chip and this chip's not getting signal, so you can track it back to this one and it's the clock or it's this or it's that. And just seeing all these videos that he's been doing, you know, with things like background graphic corruption or wrong colours or or whatever, you know, those kind of things you you see on your own PCBs and you go, well, I have no fucking idea how to fix that. Um, this guy just fixes <laughs> it in like five, ten minutes <laughs> yep. just by tracking it through with a logic probe and an oscilloscope and replacing a couple of chips here and there and it's done and it's just like, this is actually doable. You can do this Yeah, stuff. that's um, pretty cool. So, yeah, I've been addicted to that channel now and since watching that, I'm thinking I, I really want to build a like sort of like a workshop um, so I can have a mm. logic probe and an oscilloscope and with all these things going wrong, like I said, goes and goes freezing even though it's not doing it at the moment. R-type background issues, outrun background issues, that bubble bobble that won't boot. Um, I, I have some confidence I might be able to, you know, fault find these things if I have the right tools and watching these videos to learn how to read schematics and track things down, they can actually be fixed. And hmm. that's really exciting. Yeah. I find that really, really exciting. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, that's my next thing that I'm going to do. I'm going to build a bit of a workshop type of thing. Dynamo cab that I've got. The reason why I got that was that I want to build a dedicated Ghouls and Ghosts cab. Um, the, H the, the Dynamo cab I bought is a HS5, which I learned this after I bought it, by the way. <laughs> um, there's a couple of Dynamos. There's the HS1, HS2, and the HS5. The HS5 is wider because it has a bigger monitor. Yep. Um, Ghouls and Ghosts was originally in a HS1 or HS2, which is a 19-inch monitor. The HS5 is a 25 or 26-inch monitor. I'm kind of glad I got the HS5 because, you know, bigger monitor is better. Um, but, I'm, you know, if I want to turn it into a dedicated Ghouls and Ghosts, the artwork and control panel won't fit a HS5 because it's wider. So... I've talked to Carson over at noodleshirt.com and uh, he said he can make up some custom marquee, um, control panel and um, bezel, side art, all that kind of stuff for mm -hmm. the HS5. So yep. that's really exciting. I'm going to do that. I'm going to build a dedicated Ghouls and Ghosts cab and go from there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Cool. Yeah, I'm sure he can... Um not stretch the artwork, but like redraw it in a way that makes it just fit with the right size. Yep. Yeah, he does all sorts of design um, for arcades and all other all, all other sort of stuff as well. Um, he's a sponsor at 
BPAC. Uh, so I think, or I don't think I know, he does a lot of the custom marquees for Kong Off and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it won't be an issue for him making some wider artwork and the control panel could, cause I don't just need a control panel overlay. I need a actually new control panel, like fabricated right. metal control panel. Yep. Cause the control panel on the HS5 is different to the HS1, yep. but, um, his website says no project is too hard and he's responded in within a day and said, yep, we'll do it. So, ah, so he's actually going to make you get the control panel made for you. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, Carson's really amazing. He's a fantastic guy. And as luck would have it, he just lives sort of down the road from me. So oh, it's is all he good. that close? I didn't, didn't realize. Well, I use down the road sort of. <laughs> I might have exaggerated <laughs> there a little bit. Right. I'm in Camden. He's in Campbelltown. So oh. yeah, it's about a 20-minute drive. Yeah. In terms of Sydney, that's like right next door. Considering he's a guy that pretty much, uh, well, everyone uses in the country for this sort of thing. Hmm. Um, that's pretty close. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Baker's Knock MDW in the chat says, I replaced that PS- PSU, didn't I? Don't throw it away. Um, I'm not going to throw it away, but I don't know what I'm going to do with it because it's blown up. I mean, as far as testing the fuse, and the fuse is fine. I don't know what else to do with it. So I don't know. I think suggesting uh, similarly, if you're looking at you know PCBs and going, oh, you replace this chip, blah blah. You know, power supply may be similar. You may just have to replace mm. like one bit, and then it's all good. Yeah, that's a fair point. That's a good point, actually. So yeah. Maybe I will keep it and fault find it. Who knows? It was expensive enough to probably do that, so yeah. Alright, so that's what I've been doing in my game room. A lot of stuff actually, a lot of stuff going out, a lot of stuff coming in, a lot of stuff broken. Um, mm. But, you know, that happens. Sadly, in this hobby of ours. Yeah. What about you, Matt? You said you've got a story. I have a story. I've got a beer in my hand I'm uh, reclining in my stool (laughs) That sounds wrong Um, (laughs) I'm ready for your story So way back in the long time ago Like 2005 or 6 I bought Mm, an LCD TV The dream time (laughs) (laughs) An LCD TV Yeah Right, and you know, this was like early like on. What the modern people do? Yeah, what the modern people do. But this is a long time ago, and I've been using that TV <laughs> this whole time up until, well, uh, I don't know, a week ago when it broke. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Were you drunk and you fell into it? No, it's been acting up a little bit uh-huh. for a little while. Like he it, doesn't drink mm. enough to get drunk. <laughs> well, that's because when you see me, I'm driving somewhere. Ah. I thought there was a whole thing about like Ah. the IK IK and the IK Plus Yeah But that doesn't apply when you're at home No it does Oh, okay I'm getting some mixed messages here (laughs) It depends how drunk you're talking about (laughs) Drunk enough to fall into a TV Okay, probably not then Right, (laughs) okay so is your TV the same as mine? Because I think we bought around the same really? time. Well, this old one was mine. a Samsung 
Uh, 40, no. Did he have to be forced to buy it? When? <laughs> that's a, that's Back a in really the day. old callback. Yeah. No. Don't you remember we always had to force you to buy <laughs> things? Because he'd always refuse to buy stuff? I don't know. I don't know what prompted me to buy it, but I got it anyway. And I got it before mm. I got... This is one thing about it. Like, this was before I bought the 360. So I was like HD right from the start on that console. Oh, so it's one thing I remember when, like, you were playing Mark, playing, uh, a, a, what's the zombie game? <laughs> Left 4 <of> Dead. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, Dead Rising. Dead Rising. There's, there's a lot of zombie games. Uh, it's Frank Frank West. Yeah, Dead Rising. Dead Rising with the text is really tiny. It's not made for. Oh. Yeah. So I didn't have this I problem. I didn't understand the, the like. The scope of what your problem was when you were playing, because <laughs> I, I just had this TV from day one. Yeah, I completely forgot I played 360 on a CRT. <laughs> that seems so bizarre now. Yeah. So that that's how like how old this TV was. Hmm. Um, it was 1080p at least, and so that's why I kind of kept it this whole time because it's enough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh. So it died. Yeah, well, I mean, for a few months it's been... You, you could see it was, like, on its way out. It's like it like would have this, like, blue shimmer occasionally. And then it would go away. Hmm. And I just put up with it. I had been putting up with it. But then, finally, turned it on one day and it's just doing all this garbled crap. Hmm. Like, oh, it's finally time. And so... <laughs> and now we're in lockdown. It's a bit, a bit controversial, oh. maybe. Oh, <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> well, I did buy a new one. Yeah, that's okay. Yeah. You got it delivered? No. I went to Costco. Oh. <laughs> Costco? Yeah. From Wait. Costco? Yeah. Do we have Costco in Australia? Yeah. 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 Oh. Wait, did you have to come out to Marsden Park? Was there another one? Is that where it is? It's like Lidcombe-ish. Oh, no. Um. Oh, yeah, there's one there. That's right. It's on Paramount Road. Yeah. Yeah. Why did you go to Costco? Because it's like $200 less than JB Hi-Fi. Really? Yeah. I thought JB Hi-Fi was like the lowest of the low. Well, the one I wanted wasn't on special. Right. And pff, I don't know. But don't they... They match price though, don't they? Oh. Oh, but you don't like to talk to people. Yeah, I don't like to talk to people. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. This is the price on the website. I'm going to like take that. Yep. Yeah. Fair enough. So... Um, oh, I mean, okay, and at one point I'm, like, talking to people and, like, okay, I'm going to get, I, I kind of knew, because there's this great website for TV reviews, the main thing I'm looking mm-hmm. for is low latency cause for video games. Mm-hmm. And so that's these Sony, um, basically the Sony ones, X95, that's what I'm looking for. I can only mm-hmm. fit this 55-inch one, which is the smallest you can get, but then my brother right. convinced me to get something bigger. <laughs> now, so kind of did this blindly, man, because you you go to Costco, you pick up the box, you put it on the trolley, you know, you walk out with the TV. <laughs> I got it home, and it's like so big against my wall. It's, I got the sixty-five. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Sixty-five. Yeah. So did you have to Holy become a shit. Costco member then? Oh, my sister already was, so oh. I just went with her. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Sixty-five inch. Yeah, it's, I mean, going from a forty. To 65, yeah. <laughs> and in the space I got, which is not very big, I was like really worried I'd get motion sickness looking at this thing all the time. 
Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Do you mind if I ask how much it cost? Twenty three hundred. Oh, that's pretty good. So, mm. it, so it's a it's a it's Sony's flagship model, and it's a four K thingy. I guess they all are these days. Mm. Um, yeah, it's like the current model. You can if you if you want like last year's one, you can pay half that. Really, but I gotta have the newest hmm. thing. Well, of course. Yeah. yeah, you've only put up uh, with not the newest thing for yeah. how long? So that's like fifteen years, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's about that. Yeah. Old. And you'll probably do that again now with this one. As long as it doesn't break. Yeah. Yeah. What are the chances? Do they make them like they used to? <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. I might have to grab those details off you because, um, I mean, my TV hasn't died, yeah. but I bought probably a year or two after you, mm. and it's a Samsung, I think it's a 42 or 40. Yeah. Um, so, you know, these days, a 40-inch just looks really small. So, I've I, always planned to buy something bigger. I was always okay with it. Like, I don't really mind... Yeah. You use it for the space you're in. Like, I don't sit super far back from the TV. Mm. And that's that's all it really needs. Mm. But still, I'll grab those stats off you. Yeah. Not that I'll... Yeah, I don't know if I'll actually buy anything, but, you know, it's it's still handy to know. So I actually thought... I'm a little disappointed because you said, you know, you, you're in isolation. So I thought you were going to say you broke out your soldering iron, your oscilloscope... <laughs> screwdriver and you repaired your old LCD right. TV actually there's the middle parts of this story which I didn't say is that that right. 15 year old TV actually did break a few years ago but this was mm. the time when 4K TVs were like new and they're really expensive and I didn't want to buy you know like another 1080p set I don't even want to pay so much for all the brand new 4K things so I did take mm-hmm. that to a Sony a, a Samsung place to get repaired Hmm. And so it has broke before, but I had it fixed for right. like pretty reasonable price, to be honest. And hmm. got it back, and I was happy to have it fixed and back. So was it the hmm. same problem that happened again? Nah, different, different problem. Hmm. And you weren't tempted to break it open and try and fix it? No. <laughs> 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 I mean, I know what yeah. I could do. Like without without a hot air gun, I don't know that it's the sort of thing. Really fix. Without a hot air gun, what? Yeah, because all the stuff is surface mount. All the chips are like BGAs. Oh, you know, all right, you, okay. I think all I would reasonably be able to do is like run the hot air gun over the whole thing and hope that whatever's come and done is going to resolder itself. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, if things are surface mount, then that's yeah. Say no more. Yeah. So you have a new TV. A new giant TV. Well, giant for MySpace anyway, because they make them a lot bigger than this. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. And have you played anything on it? No. I watched Netflix and YouTube. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Right. (laughs) But it's Android TV, so I might be able to do some, you know, random Android kind of games. Right. The Stadia, is that a thing? Oh. (laughs) I haven't seen it in there. Forgot about that. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, because apparently, uh, it's apparently it's free now. What? Yeah. That, that's how low they go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, so I think it was a, I think it was a paid 
beta before, but now it's um it's out of beta. Well, actually, it's Google, so you know it's never out of beta. But mm. apparently, you can sign up for free now as opposed to paying for the privilege. Oh. But then what? But I'm sure the game still costs money. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. So I don't, I don't know whether it's built into Android stuff or not. Uh, well, it hasn't nagged me about it or anything. I haven't seen... It's not pre-installed. Right. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And I got my PC. If I was going to play, like, big games. Big games? Yeah, big game. What, what's big game? Uh, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Road Redemption. Yeah, Road Redemption. <laughs> so is that the end of your story? I guess, yeah. You bought a TV. You bought a TV in the lockdown. You did. <laughs> Broke lockdown and what are you TV. Gonna, huh? What are you going to do with the old one? It's. I got it here still. I, I don't know. Well, uh, I Put it on the street like everyone does. That's what everyone does. I, I was going to e-waste it at the recycling centre here near, near my home. Oh. The council recycling centre. That's very thoughtful of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So those people that go around uh, picking up random electronics... To pull the gold off the connectors, yeah. they won't get your gold. Well, if that's what's going yeah, I mean, that's not a bad thing, really, but I can't guarantee that's going to happen. They'll put it out the front or just go in the garbage truck. <laughs> yeah, probably. All right, so cool. Mm. That's you done then? Yeah. All right, well, I think we might be done then. That might be the end of our first remote podcast. Mm. Do we feel that's the case or do we have anything else to say? Um... Yeah, I think, no, don't have anything else. Okay. <laughs> Matt? I think we're good. <laughs> I was going to say, this is your your moment to shine <laughs> when suddenly you just start talking about all sorts of stuff. And one more thing. <laughs> I just want, What does he say? Just one more thing. I don't know. Yes. Mm. No, I've got nothing. Me too. Uh, so thanks for listening to Game the System podcast. If you would like to contact us, the best way to do that is on Game the System Discord at gamethesystem.co slash Discord. We have heaps of people in the Discord. They are awesome people, uh, world record holders, speedrunners, um, high scorers, just people who enjoy retro games as well. Uh, so come and join us, gamethesystem.co slash Discord. You can also reach out to us via email, but no one uses email anymore. But here it is, feedback at gamethesystem.co. Please rate us on iTunes. And don't forget, next episode is episode 64. Oh. Mm. You know what you know what that means? Oh. I need to start playing some we, of those games. We've got homework. Yes. <laughs> yes, you need to start playing some Commodore 64 games because... Episode 64, we're going to decide the best C64 game of all time. Yeah, are you sure you don't want to make it, like, the best N64 game of all time? We could... Nah. It's not too late to nah. change it up. And nah. Nah. <laughs> and Danny DeVito saying N64, nah. Dragon Storm, not N64. Hell yeah, C64. See, he knows the score. C64. Wow. You could make a rap out of that or something. I don't know. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, so next episode, episode 64, we will do the Commodore 64 best game of all time. Mm. That's going to be myself, mm. Matt, John, 
uh, Evan and Ben Campbell from 1989 Arcade Bar. Mm. I don't know how we're going to do this remotely. I have no idea. Mm. Mm. Yeah. We, we need to do some thinking. When, when we came up with the idea, we never thought that we would be recording remotely. No. Um, maybe... Yeah, I was thinking about some sort of social distancing thing happening at 1989 where we're all in different corners of the room. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Mm. We'll decide at some other stage. Um, but thanks for listening. What? Uh, I thought I would uh, just one more quick thing. I posted yep, a video thing. tonight in uh, yeah. general, general uh-huh. chat. Um, <laughs> this guy I've been watching doing... Weird food things. Anyway, there was one about Twinkies. Weird so, food um, things. Yeah. It wasn't Pornhub? No. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, well, thanks for that social <laughs> announcement, John. <laughs> All right, thanks for listening and goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.